boom, and now you're the best at everything. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bible Geeks Weekly Podcast. This is episode 157. I'm Brian Sheely. I'm Ryan Joy. And thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. We are continuing our What's Good guided study that we've been doing over the past few weeks here. We're in session number four, and this week we're going to be talking about talents, our skills, our abilities, and I know there's a lot to say in the Bible about talents, especially as we're going to get to with something that Jesus talked quite a lot about. Yeah, well, I think... I think he coined the phrase, I mean, you know, the Bible is where we get that word talents from. It was a measurement of weight, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. As he's talking about it in the parable of the talents. But from that, we talk about our abilities and all the different things that we have to use as faithful stewards in his service. Yeah, and so as we started off this conversation in the study guide, we have a conversation starter video that we dropped on social media a little while ago, and that was called Teenage Talents on Tape. This is what's good. Teenage Talents on Tape. Time for another installment of embarrassing home videos of dad. Our daughter loves to (laughs) queue up hours of footage of our community and school talent shows from my youth. Whether I was attempting to sing a song, play an instrument, or just get a laugh, there was no shortage of my cringeworthy teenage talents on tape. But isn't it funny how some people make their performances look effortless? So as we continue to examine God's amazing gifts, let's take some time to appreciate the unique abilities he gives to each of us. Here's the big idea. God manifests his wisdom and glory in the diversity he has filled his good world with. We see it in every aspect of his creation, from the millions of strange and wonderful animal species to the breathtaking spectacles of the cosmos. But maybe no part of God's creation displays his creative range more than the abilities he's given humanity. His image bearers reflect his creativity, order, rationality, and his love. From the Mona Lisa to the Empire State Building, from mapping the human genome to walking on the moon, Our achievements come from our unique abilities. And what a gracious God who gives us each something unique. Some people can brighten a day with a sentence. Others can explain the most complicated subjects and make it understandable. Some people are passionate about feeding people. Some love fixing cars, while others want to explore the world and climb every mountain. Our diverse abilities and interests allow humanity to rule over God's world as he created us to do. With our rich tapestry of gifts all woven together, we serve each other and reflect the way God has blessed each of us to his glory. So here's the big question. How often do you stop and appreciate the good that God fills the world with through the incredible range of gifts he gives us? So follow along with these guided studies at biblegeeks.fm good, and may the Lord bless you and keep you today. Shalom. Well, I can't help but imagine seeing the video of of young Brian singing with the Rocksteady Quartet. Oh, yes. It was glorious for sure. <laughs> so if you haven't seen the video, that's on YouTube or on our website. Worth a look just oh, to get sure. a, a look at that <laughs> uh, young, bright, happy face. But uh, the big idea that we talked about there is that God manifests his wisdom and glory in the diversity he has filled his good world with. And you laughed 
on the nature episode when I just like rattled off a random list of things God created, giraffes, waterfalls, planets, whatever I said there. Yeah, it was the but, giraffes, I think, that threw me for a loop, I, just, <laughs> just to be clear. Well, here's another random list of things God created. Nikola Tesla, LeBron James, Abraham Lincoln, and Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, from whatever, from Thomas Edison to Jim Carrey. He he made all of these people. <laughs> and there's so much diversity in the animal kingdom. There's like seven and a half million species over that. But we really don't have to look any further than our own species to see God's creativity and wisdom. He gave his image bearers so many different ways to bless the world, to glorify him, to keep learning, to keep improving, to to build, to do all kinds of things. And it's actually pretty stunning to think about the rich and varied collection of gifts he gave to humans. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And as we stop and think about at the end of that conversation starter about the big question, how often do you stop and appreciate the good that God fills the world with through the incredible range of gifts he gives us? I mean, thinking about this holiday season, maybe, that that we're in, and then we're thinking about, like, people who prepare food or all the kinds of ways that people take care of us. And there's a common prayer, I think, that we say sometimes, which is, thank you for the hands that prepared this food. I don't know if you mm-hmm. say that, like, during dinner time a lot, but, like, sure. I think this big question here encourages us to think kind of in that same way. But like more often thinking about all the other things that we've been blessed with. Sure, we're blessed with food and thank you for the hands that prepared it. But maybe we're blessed with a piece of music or a car or like a, even a walking trail that we're walking on in nature. We're blessed with those things. Where did they come from and who made them? And I guess the answer to the question there is that it was God who enabled human beings to do these amazing things. And that's who blesses us. It's just, it's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, we started talking about this on the work conversation we had, where we started to see right after the first couple chapters of Genesis, where God is single-handedly doing these amazing works of creation. Then he does something even more stunning in its own way, even though it's different. He makes something that can make something, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) He makes humans and uses them to rule and to subdue his creation and to bring blessing and reflect his creative skills, his thinking skills, his, you know, all those things. So I, I like that idea of taking the thank you for the hands that prepared this food to thank you for the hands that made this Honda Odyssey I'm driving or whatever it is, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So so uh, we're talking about skills and we want to have an icebreaker here about skills. What, Brian, is a surprising skill or a party trick that few people know you can do? Uh, I have a lot of these that I could think about. And uh, <laughs> there's one particular one that I don't know, I've been able to do this, I think, since I was a little kid. In school, elementary school, I figured out how to do this, but it is to spell the longest muscle in your body. It's not the longest muscle, but it's the name with the most letters, of course. So it's All right, let's hear it. Let's sternocleidomastoid, hear it. S-T-E-R-N-O-C-L-E-I-D-O-M-A-S-T-O-I-D, and I've been able to spell wow. that apparently ever since I was in school. Wow. That's the kind of thing that I would have had to spend a summer working on and then <laughs> been able to take to parties. What's the longest word in the dictionary? Anti-disestablishmentarianism? Uh, there it is. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Wow, this has turned into a very different kind of podcast. All right. <laughs> I, I think so. Okay. Well, 
the opposite of what you said, that you have so many skills. I think my biggest takeaway from this question is that I don't have any skills. I, <laughs> I uh, At least nothing like this. You know, I even asked my wife and she said, I don't know. You're pretty good at math and you can juggle. And uh, <laughs> the sad thing is she's being kind. I'm not actually that great at either of those things. So I'm not really sure what I can do as a party trick, but maybe I'll work on spelling that word thing. Yeah, you got to figure out something. All right, let's uh, move on to our first segment here on the episode. And that is Finding Jesus. We're going to go to two passages, actually, this time. A lot of times we only go to one when we're trying to find Jesus in the rest of the Bible outside of the Gospels. Uh, The first passage is in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8. And the next passage is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 26. These passages both talk about some very similar things. And I think they really fit in very nicely with this conversation about talents. Because there in Romans chapter 12, Paul is talking about our one body. And he's really there talking about the church and the makeup of the body of Christ there. And he says that we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. We have been given gifts, graciously given these gifts. And then he says, let us use them. He lists off a whole bunch of things that we could do. And I think all these things that he lists off there in Romans 12 are really relatable kinds of things. These are things that pretty much all of us can do. And then we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is a little bit more challenging of a passage where he's talking about the body has many members there. And then he says, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. So the same kind of idea there. There's a little bit of body infighting there in 1 Corinthians 12, which is no surprise. I hate you, I. (laughs) I don't want you in my body, foot. But then he goes on to talk about there how God has so composed the body. God is the one who made the body, putting it together in the way that he wanted to. So as we think about these two passages, where do we find Jesus here? Well, this is Jesus' body, right? And in the next segment, we're going to talk, this is a preview, we're going to talk about these craftsmen who could take all kinds of different materials and make something beautiful for God, whether it's weaving different colored threads into a tapestry or combining wood and gold to make a furnishing for the tabernacle. Well, that's what I see Jesus doing here. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the weaver of all of these diverse threads into God's new tabernacle. Christ unites people with vast differences. It's it's his MO. This is this is what he does. He blends a ragtag group of apostles. There's zealots <laughs> rebelling against Rome. There's tax collectors collaborating with Rome. And he just brings them together and says, You're part of my my group. You're you're my posse. And they're traveling <laughs> with Jesus. And that's just a microcosm of his great kingdom that blends Jews and Gentiles of every nation and background. And and so, see, that's his goal, not to eliminate differences and create a homogenized uniformity, but to make oneness of just totally different people using their differences to build the whole. And that's the body of Christ. He is the oneness maker. He's the utilizer of every different way of thinking, different ways of seeing the world, different passions, different opportunities, very different skill sets. So he wants both the bold visionary and the cautious planner. He wants people who are best at working with their hands, people best at working with people or working with numbers or with words. 
And I think the reason I'm kind of emphasizing this, and I think it's really important to grasp, is because we can have a tendency to see those who are different than us as less of a fit for the kingdom. And mostly what I'm talking about is people who maybe, maybe like I say, think different than you. Right. If you're a bit of a stoic who trusts logic above all else, you might distrust an emotional person or vice versa. You know, you can't trust that guy. He thinks it doesn't even smile when he sings a song of praise, you know, this can't be real, you know, whatever. And we just, how all these different gifts, all these differences in, you know, the introvert and the extrovert and the, all these different ways of being in the world, uh, that's designed. And I love what you emphasized there back in first Corinthians 12. I think it's verse 18 that God arranged the members in the body as he chose. So there is, we sometimes talk about intelligent design in the universe. There is intelligent design in the church. God wants all of these people to be here the way he's put them. Yeah, I think that's such an important point, that God is the one who is putting these people together in all the places that they need to be. And I think that's what I took away from these two passages as well, because, you know, you go there to 1 Corinthians 12, and as Paul's kind of talking to the Corinthian church and trying to get them to see, like, their differences and their infighting with each other is really not productive and not helpful, he brings up there, though, because I am not an I, I don't belong to the body. And people can think that. Like, because I don't have a particular kind of skill means that I'm not useful in the kingdom of Jesus. And so it's like, okay, well, that might be an easy thing for you to think about. Well, because I don't have this skill or I don't perform this function particularly, well, then I'm not useful. He's the one who's blessed us with these abilities. God obviously has given us these gifts that differ to each of us, and he wants us to use them But imagine giving somebody a gift. They open it up and rather than like a BB gun, it's a it's a pink bunny costume. Right. And they're like, okay, I (laughs) I saw that movie reference acknowledged. Right. But like imagine how Christ feels when he sees our countenance fall, our excitement over the gift, like just kind of fizzle out as we see that, like, we don't have the gift that we want. I think it's so important for us to see the gift the way that the giver sees the gift. And Jesus sees the gift as like, this is useful. I've given you this for a very specific reason and I want you to use it. But if we sit around and pine away all day and think about like, oh, I wish I could do something different. Well, how does that make Jesus feel? Like, how does that make the giver of the gift feel? And I think it's an important point because where I'm emphasizing appreciating other people's gifts, you're emphasizing appreciate your own gift as well, you know, which is, I think, the purpose of this episode that we identified, uh, appreciate your unique abilities was our tagline for this episode. It's something that we can start to not just be jealous of, but maybe even more often just be discouraged because we don't think that we are capable of doing what someone else is. And really, it may just mean that we're going to do good things in a very different way. And sometimes the hardest things to appreciate are things about yourself because, (laughs) you know, we we recognize, we know our own faults and failures better than anyone. And if we have the kind of humble self-awareness that God calls us to, even in the passage you read, you mentioned earlier, Romans 12, three, to look with sober attitude at what your real gifts are, not exaggerate them. And you know I really struggle to do this thing. But 
in all of that, you can miss that God has given you the ability to do things in in your way, and, and He wants you to use those, and those are precious to Him. He is He's you know you're a, a tool perfectly designed for the task He wants you to accomplish. All right, so let's get into our next segment, and that is hello. My name is hello. This episode, we're going to be talking about two people who did some very skillful, crafty kinds of things in a good way in the Old Testament. <laughs> and those two people's names were Bezalel and Aholiab. Yeah, these are just names that roll off the tongue that we sing yeah. songs about. We talk about them all the time. Yeah, I'm going to hear it in my brain as Bezalel. And so this isn't a competing, like, uh, which is the right way to pronounce it. I don't actually know, but it's just how I'm going to say it. It's like the people who it. call it uh, Bezel versus Bezel. Uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> right, right. Gif or Jif? Seriously. Hey, so Bezalel <laughs> and Aholiab here. Let's set the stage for this uh, story because these guys are pretty cool in, uh, in their service to God. God back in the Old Testament. Yeah. So first of all, what are they known for? They're known for crafting the tabernacle and the holy things associated with it. These are the ones that are going to, as we'll talk about in, in a little more depth, are going to make these beautiful, masterfully created items and the tabernacle itself. These guys basically lived around the time of uh, the Exodus. And as the children of Israel are traveling toward the promised lands, they were given this task of building the tabernacle, and they were the ones who got to put all this in place. Yeah, this is pretty early in the story. It takes place in Exodus 31, verses 1 to 11, and chapter 35, verse 30, through chapter 39, verse 43. Yeah, they pop up a lot there. And so thinking about their story, though, there early on in Exodus 31, they were called to this job. So they were called to the task by God. And God said about Bezalel and Aholiab, I have filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft. These were not like the unitasker kinds of <laughs> craftsmen, right? They weren't like the specialists, uh, they were good at everything. <laughs> they were just like, they were a multi-tool. They were the Swiss army knife <laughs> of building the tabernacle for sure. And it wasn't because they were so amazing at these things. They weren't like found as being like the most crafting kind of people. It was basically God who enabled them to do all this stuff. So they received these skills and apparently it's their like, I know Kung Fu moment, like Matrix style. <laughs> they all of a sudden knew like, I know how to do this stuff because of the spirit of God that had given them this ability. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I had never exactly thought of it as, you know, like a, a downloaded skill, you know, <laughs> that they, they got. I've never, you know, I kind of thought of them as, well, they were good and then God led them through it. But, but it does kind of read that way. It's like, boom, and now you're the best at everything. Well, um, if you think about it, from the standpoint of exiles from Egypt, like what was their job primarily? I mean, it was to build cities and they were yeah. put into hard slave labor. Like these were not the kinds of people necessarily that were responsible for doing all the intricate crafting in like gold and all this working. Like they were 
They were kind of the grunt work. Well, and so they get into now making the tabernacle and the furnishings in Exodus 35, verse 30 through chapter 38, verse 30. So in between their introduction that Brian just talked about and the next time we see Bezalel and Aholiab mentioned in Exodus 35, a lot happened. I mean, it's just <laughs> packed in like four chapters. The golden calf, uh, Moses comes down with his face glowing, the covenant is renewed, and then the people gratefully give all kinds of valuables for the tabernacle. So when we pick up the story of these craftsmen again, not only do they have all the supplies they need, but we also have a deepened awareness of the stakes of this project, right? God will have his own royal tent in the midst of this people, this confused, wandering people. And Moses repeats what the Lord told him back in chapter 31. In fact, that's a lot of the pattern of the last half of the book of Exodus is God says something to Moses and then it is done exactly that way, or Moses yeah. repeats it, or, you know, there's this thing of it's it's getting across that Moses is doing everything the way that God says it. And so Moses says kind of what you said before, that, that God filled Bezalel with the Holy Spirit, with skill or wisdom, with intelligence, with knowledge, craftsmanship, artistic ability. And he also inspired both Bezalel and Aholiab to teach. He filled them with every skill they'll need, and of course, why would he do that? Because when God commissions a job, he makes sure we have the ability to do it. And then it also emphasizes again and again that they must work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. Yeah. For example, in chapter 36, verse 2, this is God's project. He directs it with his word. And so chapters 36 to 38 describe everything that way. The sanctuary, the curtains, the ark, the table, the lampstand, altar of incense, and then all of the items Outside the holy place, the bronze altar and the basin, everything is made with skill from the Holy Spirit, from these men who are our craftsmen and according to God's will. Yeah. And then we transition at that point to what they're able to do with these priestly garments that they make. So it's not only just that they have this ability to build the tabernacle, they're not only great at construction, but they're also great at the fine details of creating clothing and weaving together fabrics and all the the intricate details of the priestly garments the high, especially the high priestly garment with the the breastplate and all the different stones that were embedded within it and all the intricate gold ornaments that were everywhere i mean they were the ones who were responsible for putting all these things together making sure everything was arranged properly and like i just recently got done uh doing a project in our backyard where we had like had people come out and they were constructing things and they were working to this plan that we had created ahead of time. And man, like if you are not detail oriented, some things are just easy to miss. Like we neglected somehow to instruct them to put lights in certain places in our backyard. And you know what? That didn't happen because it wasn't on the plan. And so these are the kinds of people who are so detail oriented that they're going through and they're checking everything to the point where once they get everything all put together, According to all that the Lord had commanded Moses, so the people of Israel had done all the work. And like just after this in Exodus 39, verse 43, Moses saw all this work and behold, they had done it. I mean, they did it. It, it was completed and they did it according to the plan. These guys did it right. Yeah, absolutely. And because they did it right, the glory of the Lord can enter 
the tabernacle. And that's kind of the epilogue to the story, really, of this whole, of the whole book of Exodus, but also of Bezalel and Aholiab. I don't know. I'm sure you've put together a piece of IKEA furniture. Oh yeah, I know I'm it's surrounded right up the street by right from you guys. Office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, IKEA built all the parts of the shelf or the chair, but you still have to assemble it, or it's worthless. Yeah, and it's interesting here through the Spirit, these craftsmen built all the parts. But then in chapter 40, Moses assembles it. Yeah. He's the one that God showed the pattern to back in chapter 25. It's like a like a holy Ikea instruction sheet, right? He <laughs> saw the pattern. And uh. then Moses consecrates it. And since the priesthood isn't up and running yet, uh, Moses is the one that kind of finishes this whole job. And the, the next book is going to be about the priesthood, the, the book of Leviticus, and they'll get up and rolling. But they will have a role in this new adventure, the priests. The people had a role providing the supplies. The craftsmen had a role turning them into these masterworks fit for God himself. And then Moses had a role putting it all together according to the plan. But the force behind it all was the same as the goal ahead of it all, God himself. And and that's what we see here in Exodus 40 verses 33 to 35 almost the end of the book of Exodus. So Moses finished the work and then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That's where we end up with the story. What do you take from the story of these two guys? Yeah, I did a sermon on these two guys, uh, Last year, I think somewhere around there, it was called Sudden Skill. And uh, it that is totally what I see these guys receiving here. They received this skill or this ability. And that word in the Hebrew is actually used seven times to describe technical ability. And that's that seems pretty obvious. When you think skill, you think somebody who's got like the detail-oriented kind of approach who can do things well. But more commonly, that Hebrew word 139 times is actually used the word wisdom. That's what it's mm. normally translated as. The word wisdom, like all throughout Proverbs, and the word skill here in these verses are the same word. And yeah. I find that fascinating because when you think about wisdom, you think about it in a very maybe different way than you would think about a skill or an ability to do something. But I think they're all talking about talents. And I think it's all the same thing. Really, when you think about knowing how to do something, doing it, and also doing it well, like you're good at it, that is what a talent is. And that really is what wisdom is. Wisdom is not useful if you just sit on the couch and know something, but never actually get off the couch and do something about it, or even do it well. Like you can know how to be the most amazing football player in the entire world, and you could sit there shouting all day long on a Saturday about your favorite team and how they're doing things well or how they need to do things differently or whatever. But like, if you're not actually a good football player or couldn't actually get out there and do anything about it, like you don't have that skill. You're just sort of an armchair quarterback, right? You're, and, you're hitting too close to home here. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. It's coming <laughs> no. up. It's coming up. But if, if you think about that, how like how you may not be able to do something, it doesn't matter how much you know or how much even you think you know. And being able to do something well, like thinking about our skills, is like being a discerning and thoughtful person who gets up off the couch and does something about it. And we're led, I think then, thinking about wisdom, 
we're led to hone those skills. We're led to, to feel like they're important. It's not just a throwaway thing that we can do. If you do something and you do it well, treat that seriously, just like you would treat being a wise person. I, I think you're really on to something there with that connection between skill and wisdom. And let me flesh it out a, a different way that I think brings it together and then we can kind of connect the dots here. I said earlier, when God commissions a job, he makes sure we have the ability to do it. Oh, yeah. And that's good for us to remember in all of the daunting tasks he gives us when we maybe feel like we don't have what we need to do it, whether it's evangelism, which can be very overwhelming, maybe scary for some of us. Or parenting, which can be hard sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe right. tending to an ailing family member or or something that's just just a really hard thing. So when we are in those tasks, like any of the people that God has given a job to, we need to remember He is going to make sure that we have what we need to do what He wants done, right? Yeah, and and the bigger surprise, I guess, in this whole thing is that His work of creation is now so often done with us. Like we were starting to talk about earlier, where the beginning of creation was all him, now he sends his spirit, he sends his word, he's giving direction and power to humans to partner with him. God had been doing that with a lot of people before the story of these two guys, including Moses, but these two men are the first people the Bible describes as filled with the spirit of God. Yeah. Filled with the spirit. And of course, Paul picks up that phrase in Ephesians 5, commanding us to be filled with the Spirit and telling us to live with wisdom or yeah. skill, yep. to craft a life. And then he says, according to God's will, know what the will of God is and live with wisdom, be wise, not unwise, and be filled with the Spirit. It's like he's thinking, you are crafting a holy place for God to dwell in, just like they were. You are the temple. God's glory is descending on you. You will be filled with the Spirit. You will be filled with the presence of God. I mean, it's just such a powerful thing. And so it has to be right. Yeah. You know, of course, we're not going to be perfect. We, we, need, we need the blood of Jesus to consecrate us, just as the blood consecrated those items back in that day. But it elevates all the things we do to realize that all of the talents, all of the activities, everything we're doing, we're doing for the Lord, with the Lord, and as the habitation for the Lord. Okay. So I'm just getting the sense here that like, we really should be talking about these guys more often than we do. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so many great connections here. I love thinking about what they were able to do. Very cool stuff. Let's get into our next segment, our last segment here on the episode, and that is our reach out question. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. So here we're going to ask each other this question and maybe lead into uh, some deeper probing conversations, and that is what skill do you wish you had but never invested time or energy into developing? Well, I've always wanted to be able to just do a backflip wherever I stand, <laughs> and I've never okay. put any effort into learning that. So that's the correct answer. But as you said, uh, we want to get into a deeper conversation, <laughs> a, a reach out question and wow. not an icebreaker. I'll uh, I'll dig a little deeper and say, I, I really, I would like to work more on songwriting hymns. Oh, nice. Um, I've written stuff. But these days, it's just hard. Life life fills up very quickly. Uh, and 
it's hard to find time to hone that craft, but I think it's a great way to build the body of Christ. And so that's something I'm hoping to to work on. Um, one of our our members here, Michael Eldridge, who's a songwriter, is going to be leading a a class on songwriting for us. Oh wow! So I'm really excited about that. It's just sort of a a moment, an opportunity to to set aside some time and and work on some things. That's also, by the way, a preview for next week's episode on singing, oh, which yes. uh, we're going to be talking about soon. But what about you? What skill do you wish you had, but never invested time or energy into developing? It's super weird that we both chose things that had to do with music. Maybe mine is not so much in a worship context, but I was sitting out on the back patio tonight. And of course, I was talking about how we remodeled the backyard a little bit. So we we put in a fireplace, which I should have mentioned it actually on the last mm. episode. When we were talking about like awesome ways to relax. Awesome. And uh, one of my other favorite ones besides floating in the pool yeah. is uh, sitting by the fire. So I was sitting by the fire today, just kind of hanging out, relaxing. And I started to hear over the fence in my neighbor's house, somebody was playing a ukulele. And I was like, oh, mm. man, that's really cool. And like, I was just listening to them playing and all of a sudden... Like the ukulele stops and then they started playing the piano, like big time playing the piano. Like they were playing a Dell level piano wow. over there. This girl, whoever it was, she seemed like a younger girl. I've not, I've not met these neighbors yet, but like she was belting it. I mean, like she was seriously singing some Adele on the other side of that fence. Wow. And uh, I mean, like Sherilyn was out in the backyard too. She was working in the yard or whatever. And like we were both just sitting there like shocked, like just listening to this over the fence. It was pretty amazing. And uh, I guess that's one thing that I really wish that I was better at. I love to sing and mm -hmm. I am just terrible at playing most all instruments. Like I've messed around with playing the piano. I've messed around with playing the banjo for a little while. I remember that. All these different instruments that I really wish I could play, I can't. Especially the ability, I think, to sing and play at the same time. Absolutely. I'm with you. I... Yeah, I can goof off a little bit with a guitar, but I like I own a mandolin and I really <laughs> want to be good at it at yeah. playing it. Yeah, it's like the I armchair quarterback, mandolin. right? Like, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Same thing with uh, yeah, ukulele. It's beautiful to hear. Mandolin is just a beautiful instrument to hear. And I have never had the gift of everybody else in my like my mom's side of the family they seem to just have this knack for it they just pick up an instrument and immediately they're <laughs> playing something really like masterfully yeah and i i do not have that gift and so yeah i think that's a really neat thing that would be worth effort certainly but who knows if that's ever going to happen yeah maybe we'd <laughs> maybe it'd be more likely that i could do a backflip standing still but uh yeah Right. All right, so let's get into our challenge here for this episode. I am ready to face any challenges that might be foolish enough to face me. Okay, so this week we challenge one another and each of you listening to mention someone's unique talent to them and thank them. There's a lot to thank people for. There's a lot to to notice and appreciate. And like we we talked about, it's it's easy to not appreciate our own talents. Oh, yeah. So it's it's really helpful when someone says, I noticed that you did this. Or that you're you're always doing this, you're always thinking about this, or prioritizing it, or you're really good at this, and just thank them for it. Yeah, I think when somebody sees you, like it's pretty motivating to keep going at doing mm -hmm. that thing when somebody's actually acknowledging it. And when your skills or like your hard work go unnoticed, 
that's pretty demoralizing. That's yeah. a situation where you're not really motivated to keep going. So I think challenges like this are really helpful. It's another way of like feeding the fire for someone and helping them keep going and stay motivated. And man, everybody has skills, honestly. Like you said earlier that you have no amazing party tricks and that may be true, but like notice here in this episode that we've not actually talked about what skills we do have. <laughs> Leave it up to you. You know, think about what it is that you can do. But man, I mean, everybody has something that they can do. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe that's something that we all need to look to God for help, helping us, you know, to see, to recognize maybe latent skills in, inside <laughs> us that, you know, there's things that you can do, but maybe you don't use them very often or things that you're just not recognizing the importance of faithfully, consistently using those abilities for good. So I think prayer is an important part of this. And maybe that's a good place to go right now is to our closing prayer. And we put in the study guide a suggested prayer from Matthew 25, verse 21. The prayer is, help us use the abilities you've given us faithfully. So let's go to God in prayer now. Holy God, you are the maker of everything and everyone. You made us fearfully and wonderfully crafting each person that we know, bringing your body together with unique gifts and talents. You've equipped us with so many different abilities and opportunities to serve. We thank you for all the brothers and sisters who have blessed us in your church through the gifts you've given your body. We praise you for all the good things we have through the abilities you've given humanity. You have given us potential for such good. We confess, Lord, that too often we have turned it to unproductive, even evil ends. And we ask you, Lord, to forgive us and lead us, strengthen us now as we strive to make our lives your instruments, as we give our talents and energies to you as an offering. Please grow our abilities, bring fruit, expand your kingdom, Lord. Our deep desire is to be loyal stewards of what you've entrusted to us and to hear Jesus say, well done. Fill us, Lord, and make our work yours. Be glorified and, and always be with us, we plead in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so you tipped our hands here, I guess, on this episode. <laughs> uh, you kind of told everybody already what we're talking about next week, which in our fifth guided study session, we're going to be talking about singing. Of course, you cannot think in this What's Good series about anything that's good, if not singing. I mean, what's better than singing? We were already talking about music here just a little bit ago, thinking about things we wish we could do even better. But thinking about singing, I think is going to be awesome. And as we get into that, we hope that you will read along with us this week, Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Colossians 3, verse 16, and James 5, verse 13. All three of these passages will really help set the stage for that conversation, which I think is going to be a really exciting one. Yeah, we've talked a lot about singing, but I don't know if we've had an episode dedicated to it, and it's <laughs> worth it. It is. And I, I will, again, direct you to the video for the conversation starter where you can see Brian singing his heart out as like a 15-year-old. So it's check really it out. exciting. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into the Bible Geeks podcast. You can find us on our website at BibleGeeks.fm. You can also find show notes for this episode in your podcast player of choice or at BibleGeeks.fm slash 157. 
all these daily download conversation starters that we've been starting off these episodes with, including their associated videos, are there on our website as well. You can find all the downloadable stuff for this series at biblegeeks.fm slash good. And by the way, if you want to have these conversations with a friend within your church or a small group, please feel free to take this material and use it. At the very end of this whole weekly series that we're doing, we'll drop a whole PDF of everything, but week by week, you can download just the individual week's conversation and follow along with us. Again, thanks for tuning in. Until next week, everyone, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom.